Happy Monday, you guys. So happy to have you here. So today we have a special guest, Stephanie Hodges, and she's going to be talking about the link between faith and our health and our fitness and nutrition. And I think this is just such a great topic to go into. And we're actually going to end the episode talking about the Daniel Fast. And she is an expert on this topic. She wrote a book and many blogs about the Daniel Fast journey. And while I was a little nervous having a podcast episode that talked about fasting, I do think it is an important part of our faith. And if you truly understand it and have the right motivation and intention, it can be super beneficial for you guys. And Stephanie does a beautiful job explaining the importance of the Daniel Fast and how it really isn't as black and white as you might assume. Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast, hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. All right, hello Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today, I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So before we start talking about all things, you know, fitness and faith and then um, learning about the Daniel Fast, can you introduce yourself and tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, I am a mom of three and I live in Texas, just north of Austin. And I have a background of kind of going back and forth between the fitness world and the ministry world. Um, I've got really, I, I was always interested in fitness and nutrition and wellness. And when I was in college, I became a group fitness instructor and personal trainer. And I just really decided that was the direction I wanted to go. So I went on to, to grad school, got a master's in nutrition and exercise science, uh, worked in a variety of fitness settings, but then I had the opportunity to work for my church two different times for a total of seven years. And kind of the underlying theme for me is just how to help people be healthy. And whether that looks like what you're eating, your physical health, if it's spiritual health, mental, emotional health, I'm a big believer that it's all so complexly intertwined. We really can't separate out just one thing um, to work on and solve every problem. It takes a combination of healthy spirit, healthy soul, healthy body. And so that's me in a nutshell. Um, Right now I'm writing and just working on whatever the Lord sends my way. That's awesome. I love that. I love how, how you, how you said, like, there is this connection between, you know, your health and your faith. And I feel like a lot of people just assume that they're in two totally different worlds and they're not like they were meant to be intertwined. And something that I've said in previous podcasts is, you know, God wants to be a part of our health journey and our fitness journey this wasn't something that we were meant to, to separate. So can you talk about, um, just kind of how they are all connected? So, so our listeners can understand that there is truly a link between spirit, soul, and body. Yeah. One of the ways I've heard it described is that you are a spirit with the soul living in a body. And so our spirit is that part of us that when we respond, um, to Christ, 
It comes alive in us. It's going to live on with him. Our soul is kind of our filter for processing. It's our mind, will, and emotions. And then our body is obviously, it's this physical (laughs) being that we have. It's our muscles and our bones, but it's also so much more than that because there's so much going on in your body. Um, that's complex. Your body's undergoing all these chemical reactions. Your heart is breathing, the beating and your lungs are breathing without you ever thinking about it. And so while we think sometimes like our mind is in control, um, sometimes our body is signaling back to our mind to influence our emotions, to even influence, you know, our thoughts and our just state of overall well being. And there's, that's obviously like hormones are really real thing. Um, and those are affecting us in the way that, that we are feeling, um, our rest, our, our gut health even is signaling back to our brain and sending messages. And so it, it wouldn't be right for us to dismiss our body and think it's just something that we're supposed to control and we're supposed to get it to just look a certain way and, um, just function optimally and like never be sick, never feel pain because all of those things in a way are signaling back to us about our environment and about what's really going on. So when we even hear things like, you know, there's so many common sayings, like I'm worried sick. Yeah. It's like kind of a mom thing to say, I'm worried sick about you, but worry can make us sick. But then at the same time, once we're sick, it's not as easy as just flipping a switch and saying, well, don't worry anymore. Your body also needs uh, that time to repair and get itself back into balance. That is so true. And yeah, like that phrase you said, I'm worried sick because I don't think people understand, like, like you're talking about the, the gut brain connection, you know, our, our gut health and yeah, like our hormones and our emotions can really affect our body and our health and wellness. So how does, how does faith tie into all this and kind of how can, how can our faith make us, I guess, healthier physically and mentally and emotionally? Yeah. And I like to bring that all up because I think a lot of people can feel really guilty and condemned when they do have troubles or they do get sick and think, gosh, well, if I just had, if I prayed hard enough, if my faith was strong enough, then this wouldn't be happening to me. I should be able to just overcome everything. Um, but we do live in a fallen world where we have to deal with sickness and disease and, and less than optimal conditions all around us. And so being able to see um, both the kingdom of God and this natural world that he created and hold those both hand in hand is, is part of our journey as a Christian. And, you know, as we talked about, it's like, it's not just about what happens after you die. It's what you do here and now with what you've been given. And so our bodies and our physical health are something for us to steward because truly, if we, if we can't be healthy, then we're going to limit ourselves in what we can do in what we can accomplish um, in our ability to just live out our purpose that God has for us. And so part of that, that faith journey too, is just as we love God and we see what he sees and we see that he created us um, not to have a distorted self image. That's, that's based on what society says looks good, but based on what, what he intended for us to be, to live and to flourish, then we can look at our bodies, um, with a, a new sense of appreciation and love for what they are and what they can do. 
because that's the way that God sees us. And as we grow in our faith and we see it as spiritual, it's like my body isn't something to beat into submission. It's not to starve, to be skinny. It's something to honor and to steward because God has given this to me and he, he loves it. He loves me. So why am I so hard on myself? Yeah. God has, you know, lent us this body and, I think our purpose is, of course, we we should be taking care of it while trying to live out the purpose with the gifts and stuff that God has given us individually. But I feel like a lot of the times we push it to a point where it's we just are obsessing with the vessel that God lent us. And that is not our purpose. So how do you think that diet culture has really steered us off track, especially as Christians, because I feel like obsessing with diet culture and our bodies is just kind of the devil's way of just getting into our lives saying like that this is important. This is more important than what's on the inside that we have to focus on what's on the outside. Yeah. I think it's something that can absolutely rob our peace and contentment. Um, cause God wants us to have peace. It's a gift. He wants us to foster contentment, but when we're constantly obsessed with what we should and shouldn't eat and how we should and shouldn't look, it completely throws us off track. It's a distraction. Um, and for, for so many women, I know it's a constant distraction. It's a daily waking up, looking in the mirror, being dissatisfied. And, and that just robs us for all that God has to bless us with. And what's more is, you know, when we're looking at food as something to control, that can really throw us off track. And we can get into this bad cycle of trying so hard to control what we eat or what we don't eat. And then when we have cookies right in front of us and we indulge in one, it's then this very defeating feeling of failure of lack of willpower. Um, and sometimes that can go to just, well, let's just go off the rails and just forget about it. Or it can be this double down of trying to white knuckle each day and control like what I eat. Can I do the plan? Can I do it right? Um, and that's, that's really hard in our culture because one thing that's not so great is that we have food everywhere all the time. It's not, it's good and bad, right? It's great that we don't have to worry about being hungry for the most part. I know that some people still do, and there's still certainly in other parts of the world, that's an issue. And even in parts of the Western world, that can be an issue. But for the most part, those packaged convenience foods are everywhere you look. And so it doesn't become any more about um, what to eat. It's what, what to not eat. <laughs> and that's a big shift because most of the things that are so readily available for us are the least nutritious or they're the least appetizing for the way that we have been trained to think about food, which is not to just necessarily nourish, but it's just to eat, eat, eat all the time. And you can be watching TV and be seeing hamburgers and ice cream and pizza and all these things that look great. And then in three seconds, you can see a commercial for uh, a gym, how to work out, how to get slim and trim, how to lose weight in 15 days. And so it's this constant conflict in our mind that's saying, you should eat, you should eat. And then there's this other side thing, but you should look like this. And we can't always hold those two hand in hand to be constantly eating whatever we want, whatever looks good, whatever's available, which is everything um, with this this wrong perception of how our bodies should look. So it's 
not healthy on either end. It's not healthy to be overindulging all the time with food that's not nourishing to our bodies that has a lot of negative health repercussions. Uh, but then it's also the other extreme is being so obsessed with looking a certain way that you can't just enjoy a meal. And that's a big deal. It's like food should be enjoyed, but when you're eating all the time and you're constantly multitasking and eating, you're eating in the car, you're eating while you work, you're eating because you're bored. It's hard to really truly appreciate and enjoy food, which is also a worthy goal for us is to be able to sit down to a meal and completely enjoy what we're eating because it's nourishing our bodies. Mm, I love that. That's, that's a really good point about like the commercials that we see on TV. I, I never really thought about that. It's so contradicting and no wonder that so many of us really struggle because we're, we're fed to completely contradicting messages and oh my gosh, I, yeah, diet culture, I think just really wants us to have this all or nothing mentality that is just so unhealthy. So what tips do you have to help people kind of find that balance of discipline and freedom? Mm -hmm. No, I love that discipline and freedom is everything um, because discipline doesn't mean you follow every rule perfectly 100% of the time, but it means you're intentional about what you do. And you don't necessarily let yourself be driven by your impulse and your emotion in the moment, but you're driven by principle. And so that's knowing that it doesn't mean I, I never have the freedom to enjoy some good foods, to have dessert, um, to indulge on the weekend, but it means I, I'm doing it intentionally. It's not happening as a knee-jerk reaction to I had a really terrible day and I'm going to cope with food, um, or I'm going to just be you know, so focused on, on following, you know, these calorie restrictions that eventually I just blow up because it's, it's too much and it's too restrictive and my body is getting undernourished. Um, and so it just kind of goes into a rebellion over it. So a discipline is taking the right principles and applying them consistently. So again, that doesn't mean down to count every calorie, but it's knowing, Hey, if I am only drinking soft drinks, that's not good for my body. I need to drink water every day. I need to get enough of the right things in as far as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean meats. And then once you're nourishing your body, well, you might find that those cravings are actually decreasing because when we eat a lot of sugar, we get ourselves on this cycle of rising and crashing and just craving that next sugar high. Um, and just even adjusting to a lot of the, these foods, they're manufactured to be so tasty to us. They're crunchy and they're salty and they're sweet. And they've done that on purpose so that it's a little bit addictive for us. For some of us, it's a lot addictive. And we, we usually don't think about that. Well, foods, you know, it's not illegal. It's, and we do have it so ingrained in our culture that we enjoy food. When you go to the movie, you want to eat some popcorn, you know, after your Thanksgiving meal, you're going to have some pie and that's after you overeat on Thanksgiving. And so we have all these associations with food in our culture that it's okay to step back and look at some of that more objectively and not feel like that's you're depriving yourself. If you don't get popcorn and candy, every time you go to the movie, because you're not going there for popcorn. Well, some of us, maybe <laughs> that might be the reason we go, but you're going there too and enjoy a movie. Um, and so when we're able to, again, when it comes to that discipline and freedom, lay down some groundwork principles to say, Hey, I know 
I don't want to eat vegetables every day, but I know that my body needs those nutrients to be healthy and to grow. And you really focusing on the positive of what you gain out of eating that food. And that becomes more and more your baseline. And you find your body will start to crave those foods over time because it will feel better and you'll have more energy. And there's greater freedom from not feeling like you have a food addiction or you have to have sugar if you've had a bad day. Um, that's where the real freedom comes in. But sometimes you can't start from that and you have to build a baseline step by step. And I know you talk about that 1% better every day. And that is such a good a mindset to have around eating. And a lot of us want to get on a perfect plan and just transform our life in 10 days, 30 days. Um, but the truth is it is a lifelong habit that you're building step-by-step, step. but the, the end gain is so much freedom to function with energy and health and vitality. That's what makes the discipline worth it. One thing you said that I really like, and I think one of the biggest takeaways is it's all about intention. I like that you said that, like, especially, you know, with finding the balance between discipline and freedom, like what is your intention? Why, what is the motivation behind a decision that you are about to eat? And I feel like a lot of the times it, we have no real intention or motivation. Things are just out of habit or like you said, convenience, like these foods are just so convenient. And it's so important to find that discipline between, I'm sorry, that balance between discipline and freedom. Because I think a lot of people just assume that, you know, if you have food freedom, um, which, you know, I, I really encourage people to find food freedom, that it means that you don't have any discipline. And that's not true. I think it's important to have that balance between discipline and freedom to, to really thrive because we do want to feed our body with nutrients and these healthy foods, but we don't want to deprive ourselves of um, maybe experiences or foods that, yeah, taste good, but they'll probably taste better if we don't have this all or nothing mentality of, well, I'm going to overeat and because I'm not allowed to have it. So yeah, I really like your, your point about intention. And I think everything starts with like that self-awareness. So I think being self-aware of what your intention and motivation is before you make a decision, which, you know, takes a little bit extra time. People just want to act without thinking like out of routine, out of habit. I think if we just kind of took a step back and it's like, okay, why, why am I about to eat this? Let's say second slice of cake. Is it because I actually want it or because I feel guilty that I already ate one. So I might as well eat two. I don't think that's a good reason to eat a second slice of cake. But if you sit there and you're like, no, I really want it. I want that second slice of cake. Okay. Go for it. If that's what you truly want. But I feel like a lot of times that isn't what we truly want. We act out of, mm -hmm. out of guilt, or like I said before, habits and routines, and we need to take a step back. Like you said. Yeah. And another thought on that is I have three kids and my, my six-year-old daughter, she is so picky about what she likes to eat. She likes only bland stuff, Mac and cheese, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and toaster waffles. She would have that every morning for breakfast if she could. Um, and so if you even think to yourself, what would I say to a six-year-old who was eating the way I want to eat? Because you're removing yourself from the emotion of it. It's easy to tell a six-year-old, 
you should eat your broccoli. I know you don't like the way it tastes, but it's not going to kill you. And it's so good for you. And if you are only eating these foods, like you are not going to grow healthy and strong like you should. And it's easier to tell someone else that than it is for ourselves because we have our whole internal world to navigate. But part of that discipline is distancing yourself from uh, being too emotional in your reactions and your decisions and saying, hey, this is what I know to be right. And so I need to do it. Um, and that's, you know, a fruit of the spirit is self-control. And that doesn't mean perfect willpower, but it does mean self-control. I like that. I like that a lot. So let's dive into your, um, to your book, um, The Daniel Fast. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what it is? And then we'll, we'll go from there. But I, I'm really curious as to like, what, what brought you to write this book about The Daniel Fast? Yeah. Well, some years ago I started a blog and I was writing about a lot of different health and wellness topics. And this uh, one year, I just happened to kind of on a whim in, in my eyes, put my Daniel fast meal plan for that year, because my church does a fast every January. And out of all the topics and things I wrote about that one had like a hundred times more interest uh, from people than anything else, because people wanted that tool. And so at the time I was pregnant, I think with my third child. And so of course, when you're pregnant or nursing, a full fast is not advised, but the Daniel fast is a partial fast where you're eating whole plant-based foods. You're abstaining from meat and alcohol and anything processed or packaged, um, any drinks other than water. And it's based off of the, the, book of Daniel in chapter one, where he says he would not defile himself by eating the King's choice food and alcohol. And he asked for him and his three friends to be given only vegetables to eat and water to drink for 10 days. And so as we bring that into our modern world, there's a lot of questions because <laughs> we have a lot of options of what to eat. And so we're looking at, okay, abstaining from meat and alcohol. That's pretty straightforward, but what about all these other foods? And so the Daniel fast is something that uh, has kind of evolved over time into certain people will interpret really strictly whole plant-based foods. Others will say, as long as it's no animal products, um, that's how I'm going to do the Daniel fast. And so that was something I learned more over time as I started investigating kind of the topic and what does the Bible say and what is this point of view versus that point of view. Um, but I will say the, the reason why I love the Daniel fast is because so many people are so intimidated by fasting. They're just not going to do it at all. Um, and so the Daniel fast is a really, really good stepping stone to say, Hey, rather than say, Hey, just drink water for three days, you can still eat, but you're going to restrict what you eat. And the heart of fasting is not so much about what you eat or don't eat because that's just a diet. It's about drawing closer to God and separating a space for yourself where you are turning away from the world and you're turning towards God, like in a very back to that intention where in a very intentional way. So that was kind of where it all came about. And then years later, decided to put everything together into a book. It's called Daniel Fast Journey um, and kind of reinvented the blog specifically around that topic. And it's partly the, the food because that helps a lot for people to say, hey, here's a list of, of foods to eat. Here's some meals you can eat. Here's actually a 21 day meal plan. Um, so that takes a lot of the thought work out of it. But in the book, we talk about 
all of the, the biblical instances of fasting and what it, what it meant in the old Testament and the new Testament, what Jesus said about fasting, and then also how you can take a step, whatever that looks like for you. For some people, if this is your very first time fasting, that may mean you're just abstaining from a couple foods and that might be a huge challenge for you. And that's okay because God is obviously not concerned that you eat or don't eat foods. And he talks about that, like in Romans chapter 14, Paul says, it's not about what you eat or you don't eat. That's not what's making you holy. But in during a time of fasting, you're really setting aside your heart to focus fully on the Lord. I want to ask you this because I really want you to explain to our listeners kind of the intention behind this fast, because I don't want anyone to listen to this and think, wait a second, this is really contradicting to, you know, what Miranda has been teaching, like no restricting. Um, and I don't want people to think of this fast as a diet because it's not, that's not the purpose behind this fast. And this goes back to, you know, intention. Why are you doing something? So can you kind of, kind of touch on that a little bit? So I don't want people to listen and think like, oh, you can't do a diet, but I can do this fast. I don't want people to think this is a way to lose weight because that's not the purpose of this Daniel fast. Yes, yes, yes. That is a big pitfall that a lot of people find themselves in. And sometimes it's, it's really just, that's what people think. They're like, oh, good. I can do this fast. So it's like a spiritually charged diet and God's going to be on my side because I'm calling it a fast. And so it'll finally like I'll be successful. God's going to give me all this willpower and, and all of that. And they really are treating it as a diet, which is not what is intended by any means. Um, but that's not to say that when you fast, you can take the stance. Cause like, like we talked about in the beginning, it's such an important foundation to know your spirit, soul, and body are very much connected. So you also can't say, Oh, well, I'm in a fast, but it's only going to be about my spirit. It's not going to be about my, my body at all. Cause your body is going to feel it when you fast <laughs> and whether that's a liquid fast or whether it's limiting certain foods, um, it's going to affect both. And, and that's another thing I love about it because I think it brings unity to us. I think it reveals a lot about our eating patterns. Um, as we talked about, it's like, it makes you question as you're fasting, why, why am I wanting to eat right now? Am I actually hungry or am I just used to eating at this time? Is it because somebody brought snacks into the office to share or someone has a birthday or um, is it because, and this is where fasting can really do a deep work in us is when it's triggered really by emotions and it's been a coping mechanism for us, for many of us for years to eat when we're upset. But when you take that away and you say, no, nope, you've got to go to God. So before that was kind of a numbing mechanism. It was a stuffing mechanism. It was a band-aid. Now you need to take those raw emotions and say, okay, I can't stuff this anymore. I can't band-aid this. I have to go to the Lord for this. And that's where um, fasting is not just about what you eat. As we said, it's not just a diet. So when people make time to fast, prayer is such a huge part of it because you don't see anywhere in the Bible where they're fasting without prayer or they're fasting without seeking God. That is always a part of it. And so whatever that looks like for you, when you take the time to fast, you're also taking time to draw close to God. And when we talk about separating from the world, that's where like some people will do what they call social media fast, which means basically I'm not going to get on social media. And I think that's great for people to do very regularly. <laughs> it's good to just take a break from social media. But I think when you're fasting, that's almost a given is that because it takes so much time, 
watching TV, um, being on social media, absorbing all those other kind of media, it just takes a lot of time that when you're fasting, you're saying, I'm not putting my time there. I'm putting my time to read my Bible, to pray, to seek God, to seek what he has to say. And that in itself is such a mental cleanse to get all of those images um, and messages out of your mind and instead replace it with God's truth and God's filling you up. And that's where you start to get this spiritual filling that maybe you're looking to the world for validation or for comfort or for approval or for your purpose or for filling you up. Um, now you're going to learn, learn to seek God for all of those things. And that's where it's really transformative. It's not just about what you eat or don't eat. And the other thing that I would say about fasting for all of us as believers is that the Bible mentions fasting quite a bit. (laughs) And I have even on my blog, you can go there for free, 10 new New Testament scriptures and 10 Old Testament scriptures on fasting. And that's not even all of them. Um, But it's something that is really clear in the Bible. Yet a lot of us don't do it. And it's because we have a complicated relationship with food. And it's because it's really hard. Like it's not easy to do. And so there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of spiritual resistance to doing it. Um, A lot of excuses for why maybe we shouldn't. But at the end of the day, it's something that Jesus did for 40 days before, after he got baptized by John the Baptist, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and fasted. And then there are other times in the gospels when he speaks on fasting or he's questioned about fasting, where he talks about when you fast, this is how you do it. You do it in private. You go in your room and close the door. You don't do it on the street corner for everyone to see. He talks about Matthew chapter six. And there's a later port where the Pharisees are asking him, how come your disciples don't fast like our disciples do or the disciples of John? And he says, well, they don't need to fast while the bridegroom is with them, but a day is coming when he goes away and then they'll fast. So he doesn't say at any point, oh, you don't need to fast. He talks about when to fast and how to fast. But even within that, then we like to put rules on everything. And so that's where it can um, get murky because even though he's telling us the spirit in which to fast, he doesn't say, hey, you have to fast for exactly three days and you can only eat or drink this and you can't that. And it's kind of like our prayer life or reading the word. It's like a lot of times we want to have a prescription because then we, then we feel like secure, like, oh, I know I'm doing it right because I read my Bible for 15 minutes. Then I prayed for 10 minutes and I can check the boxes and know, but our relationship with God is much more organic than that. And it's to be spirit led. And it's the same with fasting. So fasting shouldn't become a, a rule or a ritual or a regulation. It should be something that's always spirit led that we're seeking God. God, is this what you would have me do? Because in the Bible, the, the examples of what not to do in fasting are to do it just for show or just for ritual. I like that you said it was spirit led. I'm sure you can hear my dogs just screaming in the background right now, but just ignore that. (laughs) I like that you said that it was um, that a fast should be spirit led because I feel like that is so, so important. So just real quick, maybe what are some um, what are some tips you can give us to maybe determine, yes, I'm ready to do this Daniel fast, or maybe now is not the time. And this is what I need to focus on before I dive into a fast, like the Daniel fast. Yeah. And I think kind of to piggyback off of our last point too, it's like a, a fast is not a diet. If it was a diet, it would just be affecting the physical and the outer. 
but a fast is all about transforming the internal world. And so if you are in a place where, um, you know, you're really struggling with diet and with body image, think more about that internal transformation first. And maybe rather than focusing on the food part of fasting, you're setting aside that time to really seek the Lord. And it's more about the prayer and the scripture. And it's more about what's happening with your spirit and less about the food. And then you can take those steps little by little. Um, because people ask me a lot about how long should I fast? Does it have to be 10 days or 21 days? Cause that's usually, you know, what the Daniel plan, fast plans are, are laid out for. And that's because of how long Daniel fasted in scripture, but that doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. When Jesus went around healing people and teaching, he never said or did it the same way. He was always, um, again, being spirit led in how he approached things. And so for you, that might look like fasting just a meal, or it might look like taking those Daniel fast principles where you're eating only plant-based foods and you're doing it for breakfast and lunch for a week and dinner's the same. So a lot of times we feel like, oh, that's cheating because I'm not doing it all in. Or you might even have someone come to you and say the Daniel fast, is not even biblical when they were fasting in the Bible, they were not eating. Um, but there are some instances in scripture where people are altering a part of their diet or they're eating only very specific foods. And so that comes down to between you and God and prayer. And I know that that's, um, that's hard for a lot of people. Cause that's, there's no cut and dry, easy answer for everyone, but you have to go and seek the Lord yourself on it. And he might say right now, don't worry about the food part of it. Work on posturing your heart for a, a position of fasting, or it might be that you're starting just a day, just three days. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be 21 days or nothing. So just by starting from where you are and what you're comfortable with now, what your background is and where the Lord is leading you. And of course, if there are medical conditions, if you're on medication, if you're pregnant or nursing, um, if you have a history of, of eating disorders, like those are all red flags to say, Hey, before you decide to go do this, you really need to talk to a medical professional or someone else. And you need them to walk alongside with, with this fasting so that it keeps you, you know, in the right place. I'm really glad you, you touched on all that and how you said a lot of people might not like that. It's not like, okay, here's a nice rule book. You have to follow it. And like you said before, it's spirit led. So it really is between us and God. And I think that is, I think that's a great thing that you added. And I'm glad you did because it might start with just, you know, the spiritual aspect of just, you know, reading the Bible and praying more, and then it can dive into something else. But what I strongly recommend for any listeners who are like, yeah, this is, this sounds like something I'd love to do. Don't just base it off of this podcast. Like actually, you know, go read Stephanie's blogs, read Stephanie's books, because we just lightly touched on it right now. And I know there's so much more to the Daniel fast and just, you know, the little summary that you gave and that we talked about. So before just jumping into this Daniel fast, of course, do your due diligence and do your research. So you feel prepared and of course, talk to God about it, pray about it. Don't just jump into something without having that conversation with God. So where can people um, connect with you and reach out to you and find more about what you do and this Daniel Fast? Yes, the, the best place to go is danielfastjourney.com. 
And that's the website that links to my social accounts and the book and just a lot of information on there. Um, I encourage everybody to go check it out. There's a 10-day meal plan that you can um, access for free there. And that's a great place to get started as well as like we talked about some of the scriptures on fasting and just some other information to dive into. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was this was a topic that we haven't really covered at all, the topic of fasting, which can be, you know, a little a little iffy when we're talking about finding food freedom, but I feel like you covered this topic like beautifully and um so a lot of people can maybe consider, you know, implementing this, you know, into their into their lives. So, thank you again for talking about this. Thank you so much. Okay, that is it for this interview with Stephanie. I was kind of nervous talking about the topic of fasting because I know with diet culture and especially if you've had a past history, you know, or even present (laughs) issue with eating disorders or disordered eating, fasting is probably not for you. But I still wanted to include it in this episode because it is true that fasting is talked about in the Bible. And if you have the right intentions and the right motivations, it can be so beneficial for your spiritual health, along with the other aspects of your health as well that Stephanie covered. So I just want to remind you that if you feel like fasting is for you, to do your research, to make sure you're educated on the topic, and to make sure you are doing it for the right reasons. You should not be going into a fast hoping that you lose weight. So really check in with yourself before you decide to do a fast. And like Stephanie said, there's other types of fasts as well, like a social media fast. Um, You know, a fast can be one meal. It can be, you know, 21 days. And this is what Stephanie, Stephanie specializes in. So go ahead and read her blogs or her book on the Daniel Fast. But please, please, please make sure you are doing it for the right reason and you're not just looking at this as another way to lose weight. Okay, I hope this episode was helpful and insightful. And if you guys enjoy listening to my podcast, please take the time to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts or just leave me a review on Spotify. It would mean so much. And if you guys aren't already part of my free Facebook empowerment community, make sure to head on over there and join. You'll get freebies like recipes and workouts. You can be part of monthly challenges that I put on. You'll have accountability, support. It's just a great way to surround yourself with like-minded people and to get a little extra things here and there to help you with your intuitive eating journey, to help you with your self-confidence, your body confidence, all while prioritizing your faith along with your mental health. So if you want to join that free community, go to bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y slash Miranda Lee F-B, or just check the show notes as well and you you can join that group from there. All right. Thank you guys again for joining me and I will catch you in the next episode.